The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A recent study examining the performance of 15-year-old students across single and mixed-sex schools in Ireland found that single-sex schools provide no academic advantage. About a third of second-level schools actually attend single-sex schools in Ireland. I'm joined now by a teacher in Cork Educate Together Secondary School, education columnist with the Irish Examiner, Jennifer Horgan. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning, Pat. And by the assistant principal of St Munchens in Limerick, Eric Nelligan. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Jim. Now, um, Jennifer, first of all, uh, what sort of a school did you go to yourself? I went to a single-sex girls' school, uh, yeah. Um, and the people and would I say, well, you t- turned out rather well. <laughs> yeah, look, I had a lovely school experience. Um, I'm not going to deny that. But I, I would also say that I found the transition into university quite difficult. Um, I had a... Uh, even though I had brothers, you know, I sort of had a fear of, of the opposite sex, the kind of a a fear and awe that I don't think was entirely healthy. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, and I, I'm, I'm consistent in this, in this but I, I think a mixed environment is best for young people. Yeah. Now, the finding, which is an academic study of 5,015 year olds, uh, which looked at um, reading ability, mathematical ability and scientific abilities or achievements, I suppose, at the age of 15, uh, found when you discount socioeconomic backgrounds uh, and other things like that, that there was no difference. Uh, Is that the experience that you would have on the ground? Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. yeah, a lot of single-sex schools are private, you know, so there's a lot of other factors, socioeconomic factors at play there. Um, and I, I teach now in a mixed school. I've taught in single-sex schools and mixed schools. Um, and you just find when you're working in a mixed environment, gender sort of, you just, you don't really notice it so much, you know. It's just, uh, it's not something that, um, it really comes into play. You're just, you're, you're dealing with young people as young people. And uh, it's a, a diverse and interesting environment and it reflects the world outside the school. And I think that's, for me, education is about developing the self in society. So, uh, you know, it's important that our schools reflect society. Um, so I think I think now, you know, people, I think it's, it's a hard task to actually really defend single-sex schooling. Um, I think it's because it, it, would, it would require change, and I think change is difficult for everyone. You know, and we have a tradition of mm-hmm. a third of our students go to sing, uh, single-sex secondary schools. So it would be a big transition, and I have every sympathy for people you know, who 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 dislike the idea. Um, yeah. But I think ultimately our schools need to reflect our society and it just makes far yeah. more sense. I mean, there um, are obviously practical infrastructural difficulties uh, that, that might uh, be involved if you're transitioning from a single-sex school to uh, a school that is mixed uh, in terms yeah. of uh, toileting, changing, all of those kind of, of things. Maybe the subject mix um, you'd be looking at, I don't know, but certainly there are transitional difficulties that would have to be overcome. So it wouldn't happen overnight one way or the other. No, and I think we need to be patient with one another. You know, there's no need for this to turn into an argument. It's just that we need to just reflect on what are we doing in education? What is best for young people? What's best for society? And I just think it's getting harder and harder to say that we should be Mm. segregating young people by gender. Now, a a question about the the school in which you teach at the moment, uh, which is an Educate Together school. Uh, Do you have a uniform policy? We don't have a uniform. So uh, kids can come in whatever duds they like? Yeah, I mean, we have a policy in terms that, you know, there, there, are, there are certain things that we don't allow, um, but they're in their own clothes. 
Okay, because one of the arguments, uh, and this is a definitely a real argument, that in certain schools where they're, uh, you know, they're co-ed, um, you have freedom to wear what you like and there can be kind of the fashion competition, which can be based on how much money people have, how much disposable income they have and, and you know, who's trendy, who's not trendy. In a uniformed school where the fellas and the girls wear uh, the standard uniform, and, you know, some will look spiffing in their uniform and others will look scruffy, but at least the fashion competition ain't there. Yeah, I think what was really interesting um, in the research that came out today was the point that what makes the difference is how effective school is. It's not down to gender. You're going to have, you know, mixed schools that aren't as good as single-sex schools simply because they're better-run schools. So, you know, if you if you have a, a a school where children don't wear uniforms and there is a threat of that kind of competition, that's something the school needs to address. And they need to make sure that, you know, everybody feels safe and included um, and that there is, you know, obviously a very strong anti-bullying policy and um, that there is supports in place that are necessary. You know, teachers know their students. Yeah. So what you know, do you do it, when it, someone comes in with the 300 euro trainers? Well, look, that's going to happen in a uniform. You know, similar things can happen in uniforms. Very hard now to, <laughs> to put a bit of flash on some of the uniforms. Um, that's for sure. Do, do you know? Anyway, look, that might be a well, by the, the way, because we this study is all about academics. Uh, maybe we'll talk to Eric Nelligan now, who's assistant principal at St. Munchens. Uh, yours is a single sex school. Yes, ours is a single-sex single sex boys' school, just, to, just for clarity. Yeah. Now, uh, what, in your view, are the advantages of a single-sex school? Okay. Well, the first thing, just before I like before we move on to that, like, what I would say is that who knows the child the best? It's the answer is your parents. So what we have here is a study that the headline says that there's no significant academic advantage to either type of school. But what some people are trying to do is they're trying to use that as a reason to close single-sex schools. We had it this morning, it on a route on the Labour Party was on, using terms like mass, toxic masculinity and all this type of stuff. No, Aon did. I heard schools. a bit of what he said and he, he was saying like the, uh, no one's kind of pushing anyone. He said any school could start tomorrow. It doesn't need a ministerial imprimatur to change the nature of the school. But he also adverted to the teenage years would be rather trickier than primary school, uh, you know, uh, co-ed in primary school, not a bother for yeah. most people. Secondary school with hormones and, you know, developmental issues, the pace of development in the different sexes, it could be an issue there. Yeah, it could be an issue there. I suppose, going back to your initial question, you asked what are the advantages of uh, single-sex schools, and they're actually written in the report. The report clearly says that there are significant gaps in outcomes in reading, science and maths for children that attend single-sex schools performing better. It clearly says that. So what we have is the, the report acknowledges factually and with figures that single-sex schools perform better. And then what the report moves on towards then is it kind of it offers opinions. It uses words like may and seem. So it uses kind of, it, it analyzes it and tries to figure out why that is. And what it does is it, it removes the advantages that single-sex schools have. And I'll agree with... Now, can uh, I just quote this from uh, the conclusion? Dr. Flannery said, its analysis showed no evidence of an academic advantage to attending a single-sex school for boys or girls in Ireland. 
it says that when you remove certain advantages that single-sex schools yeah. have, but what it doesn't say is it doesn't remove the advantages that mixed schools have. So, for instance, mixed schools receive far higher levels of funding than single-sex schools. Mixed schools have, have far higher levels of pupil-teacher ratio. Mixed schools have far higher levels of pastoral support, all coming from the fact that they're government-supported. Uh, over 90% of the funding for a mixed school comes from the state, while only 68% of single-sex school funding comes from the state. So what you're seeing there is that single-sex schools offer an option for people. They offer an, a, a, a much more far cost-effective option to the state, and they offer a parental choice. And I suppose for me, we're in a society now where everything's about choice. It's all about choice. It's all, it's all about diversity and inclusion and letting people be what they want. Let them be who, be who you want, encouraging our child or students oh. to develop in the way they like. And okay. there are, now, now there's there are a couple of things that, uh, that uh, you would maintain. You say sport yeah. and PE are taken up in higher numbers in single-sex right. schools. Now, yes. uh, you know, what would your personal analysis of that be? Why? Well, I suppose this, this, came, from two, this came from two viewpoints. Look, I, I'm heavily involved in sport and, uh, and it, it's well known out there and you look at all the results and all the things that single-sex schools, maybe because of the demographic in the school, they perform to a higher standard in success in sports. So that's the performance level. But what I wouldn't have picked up on and what a number of my female colleagues passed on to me was that the, participant, the participation rates in single-sex girls' schools especially are far, far higher for girls involved in PE and sports just in general. They feel more comfortable doing it. And that's one thing I okay, would have so, up Okay, so is on. that to yep. do with, you know, changing kit and, you know, strutting your stuff in whatever the gym gear is in front of the boys that they're more embarrassed about that? Well, possibly, but I, I, there's also an element of, look, I, let's be honest here, boys are more, they're more physically, look, boys are stronger, they're more physically aggressive. So if boys and girls are taking part in PE together and if it's a game of basketball or volleyball, a boy will hit the ball harder, a boy might bump into the girl and knock him over. Boys are just more... I'm not saying competitive, but they're more physical. So if they're if they're equally competitive, a boy will uh, potentially hurt or injure or put off a girl more in sport. So that could be I don't know. It could be like you mentioned, it could be due to changing your clothes or things like that. But that's what it says. It it just show that participation mm. rates are far higher for okay, girls. Okay, and and what about you, the contention that boys learn differently to girls? We know that girls tend to mature. Uh, di- certainly socially mature uh, at a faster rate than, than boys. Maybe having boys and girls in the classroom would help boys to mature faster. I don't know. But in terms of learning styles, you, you maintain there is a difference in the way boys learn and girls learn. Yeah, and I suppose I'm the opposite to your previous talk there, Jen. I went to all mixed schools the whole way through my schooling. I went to mixed primary, secondary, and obviously third level. And now, and then I taught for my first couple of years in a in mixed schools, and now I've gone to single sex. And I would have had I would have had um, certain opinions that single sex schools performed in a certain way, and some of them were true and some of them weren't. But what I've noticed is that boys and look, boys and girls learn differently. Girls are far superior verbal skills and language skills. You can't deny that. Girls definitely mature at an earlier age. Boys uh, in a classroom, boys tend to dominate a classroom in one way in terms of their behaviour. They can be more aggressive and they can kind of have a shorter fuse. But boys then, they forgive and forget easier, while girls, I would have noticed, kind of tend to take something in and, and hold it on longer. Mm. So, the, so from a teaching point, look, that, like, so that, that has a thing. But what I'd say is boys learn from uh, verbal, or not, they learn from bullet points. You, 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 they want to see the thing in action. So that's why boys are, are, are not to be stronger in kind of things like maths and woodwork and sciences and things like that, girls have mm. well, advantages. Well, in, the, in, this in study maintained there was no difference in mathematical science and reading abilities uh, when you discount the factors 
you talk about in the in the uh, private schools. Um, I'm perplexed as to why they didn't just simply look at CAO points at the end of the school, because that would be the most kind of telling uh, in terms of opportunity that follows on secondary school. But I mean, maybe that's uh, the stuff of another study. Jen, what is your reply to to those points? Oh, I've a lot. <laughs> Off you go. I'm too much. I've so much now to come back. Um, so one thing, I'm really uncomfortable statements. Boys are this and girls are that. Okay, and we need to be careful. You know, yes, we all have our own experiences in the classroom. We all have our own biases. We all have our own assumptions. Um, but we need to come back to the scientific facts of this, that male and female brains are not different, you know, and that fundamentally... Yeah, yeah but hang, hang on a second, Jen. I'll just give one anecdotal experience, which I often give. A gang of boys and girls ended up on Kalini Beach and they were all in their kind of mid-teens, 14, 15... Um, and they were all together when they got off the train or whatever and they arrive on the beach and they almost immediately split up into two groups and the girls uh, yabber, yabber, yabber all the way down the beach talk, 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 talk the lads mm-hmm. were picking up rocks and throwing them at signs and generally just messing all the way down the mm-hmm. beach same environment exactly <laughs> but two, no, not two the same complete, environment Pat. Two, no, the same scenario they're both in the same situation okay same they're beach very same sunshine yeah, go on. What is contributing to their behaviour? They didn't just land on that beach at the age of 15 without any influence in their lives. Or they didn't, you know, these people face the expectations of teachers who put them into boxes of boys and girls and who told them, well, this is what I expect from you and this is what I expect from you. So are you boys, saying that the, the lads in exercising this behaviour were like the, the, the male ape kind of showing off no, to the girls? No, what I'm saying is that you, if you have a set expectations, set expectation for a boy, and if you have a set expectation for a girl, they will live up to those expectations because you are sending them the message that this is what I expect from you and this is how you will behave. And so they behave that way. And so this is why mixed schooling is important because it allows young people to be the young people they, they will be in a, in a safe and inclusive environment where they're not being narrowed into gender boxes. And I would say, considering our history as a state, we need to ensure as much as possible that boys and girls interact with each other and do not see each other as others. Mm. And um, it, when we're talking about sex education, for instance, it's very important that boys and girls are together sure. for that. And and what about the the, um, the business of uh, PE and sport in general, and more girls particularly, will take up sport in single-sex schools rather than in co-ed? Again, I'll come back to my point that it's down to how good the school is and how well run the school is. So if there is an issue in a mixed school where the girls aren't playing enough sport, then it's up to the school and the management to figure out why that is and what they can do to support the young people so that they do feel safe. Because what we don't want is girls seeing boys as something to be fearful of. We want them both to feel comfortable in each other's company so that they can go forward in life feeling comfortable in each other's company. Now, it might be messier, it might be harder for the school and for the management to actually deal with the facts of life, but that's what school is. And to go back to your point about the the flashy runners, a school can't just delete the inequalities of the world, you know? Those inequalities are there. We have to face them. Um, And all a school can do is actually just try to manage itself as well as possible in supporting these young people in the real world, not cloistering them away so that, you know, it's easier for the six years that they're in secondary school. We have to face the world as it is. And we can do that in the best way when we have an actual reflection of the real world in our school. All right, Eric, final words to you then. Well, there is one gender element in school that is never mentioned, and it's quite significant. It's the lack of male teachers in the classroom. 
Um, the number of male teachers have dropped from 40% in the 60s to around 15% now in primary schools, and the current trends continue down to 5% in 20 years. For me, that's the issue with secondary schools. We need to get more male teachers into the yeah. classroom to offer a balance and a, to show that male teachers can perform the exact same roles that are being undertaken by female teachers, but perform in a slightly different so way. So in, ter- in terms of the real world, um, the classroom and who's at the blackboard is not reflective of the world they're going to meet exactly. outside. I, look, trust parents. Parents, look, some parents prefer mixed schools, some parents prefer single sex, some children prefer either. Let the choice exist. I don't see why we want to reduce choice. In today's society, reducing choice is so counterproductive. And that's why I'm disappointed with, with the people that are trying to say close single sex schools. For me, let the choice exist. Let parents right. make an informed decision themselves. And sometimes economics will determine a school going co ed because their cohort of potential pu- pupils from a single sex goes down. Anyway, look, a very interesting discussion and has provoked a lot of reaction from our listeners. But for the moment, uh, Jennifer Horgan, education columnist with the Irish Examiner, teacher in Cork Educate Together Secretary School, and Eric Nelligan, uh, assistant principal of St. Munchens in Limerick, thank you both very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.